Winkler, co-host of Chuck and Winkler. Mornings from 6 to 10 on 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee. Can I say something as a man? I love him. Irrational sports fan. The hit and run show this morning basically told the Cubs guys, disrespect Milwaukee. He should be fired. Big time, baby. A lot of the hate notifications that you get are burner accounts that I've set up to knock you down a peg. It's Bart Winkler with Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. Boy, there's a lot to unpack there. I don't know if we'll have time to unpack all of that. It's only a couple hours left in the show. Good morning. It is Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. Eli Hershkovich is the producer, and he cut that open to welcome in my co-host today. Maybe sound like a jerk. Well, I, I don't know. That might not have been that hard to do. Is that possible? <laughs> no, it's not. It's pretty easy. It probably took him five minutes. Do you have? Um, do, have you really set up burner accounts just to go after people? Yeah, my co-host in Milwaukee. <laughs> you know, because sometimes, love. sometimes love. we'll get like you know a little contentious, and I just like to knock my coworkers down a peg. Well, sure, that's let them know who's boss up there. Well, that, that that's a surefire way to team build. Right there. <laughs> I don't care about that. I'm, I'm looking out for number one. It's yeah, guaranteed to work chemistry. We all know that. Don't worry about trust or or companionship or anything like that. Just go ahead and knock them down. Well, the burner accounts for your co-host is better than burner accounts to go after an athlete or something like that. That's true. I won't do that. No. I that, won't do that. And that's wise. Uh, 670 score is where you are. It's hit and run. It's Brewers-Cubs weekend. Were, was, was your town looking forward to this series as much as our town has been? Well, this has been, the Brewers have kind of been on the back burner a little bit with what's going on with the Bucks. Eastern Conference Finals starting on Wednesday. So the Brewers have sort of been on the back burner. What's it like to have a winter sports team that's good? This is, the first, like? don't, this is the first time I know in like 20 years. So don't ask me because I the Bucks are playing in May. That's weird to even say. So don't ask me because I don't know. I'm going through it for the first time. Understood. This hour of Hit and Run is brought to you by Team Hawkberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Um, in, in this town, it's Bears number one. And when the Bears are good, this town is bananas about the Bears. And it unifies everybody because, you know, you don't have a Cubs-Sox split or a hockey-basketball split. You've got a Bears uh, a Bears togetherness. Um, and then it's Cubs, it, it's Cubs with a very, very high and formidable number two. What, what, where are the Brewers? Are they still are, – are, I mean, there are three right now because it, it's still Packers even in Milwaukee? No, Packers, the Packers have been, like, not good for the last two years, so it's a really weird... It's been delightful. It's such a weird dynamic, because they have been good for the last 20 years, and the Brewers have been a nice summer activity, <laughs> and the Bucks are a team that, you like, were embarrassed almost to talk about, or it was a real niche thing, like, oh, you're a Bucks fan? Let's not tell anybody. But over the last two years, with the Brewers playoff run, yeah. and then the Bucks and the new arena, and the build of Giannis, and all this kind of stuff... If we even mention, we're at the point on our morning show where if we even try to mention Packers, they had a rookie camp, you know, Rashawn Gary, first round picks, got a shoulder brace on. Is he going to be okay? If we even brought that up, we get angry calls and ang- nobody wants to hear it right now. It's Brewers and it's it's wow. Bucks. And it's a really weird dynamic, especially if you've been kind of kicking your feet up and resting on Packers talk for I the bet. last 20 years. You've, I bet. You've got to force yourself to talk about the other teams. And uh, it's been... I like it. I think it's great. I, As much as I love the Packers, shareholder, I love when they get knocked down a peg. Did I laugh at that? I didn't mean to involuntarily laugh at shareholder, but... 
I might have to ask you about that um, <laughs> later because I don't really, I don't really get it. I really don't. I've never gotten it. I mean, you've got something on your wall that says you're a shareholder, says you own part of the Packers. Do you do you get emails about ownership decisions? Are you do you go to board meetings? Do you have a vote on yeah, anything? Yeah, no, I I hired Matt Lafleur. That was me. <laughs> I did that. Nice play. It always has felt like a local yokel scam to me. Am I wrong about that? Well, or because you're one of the local yokels, will you now defend the scam? I'm trying to decide if I take the route of giving you the truth or play up the fact that I'm an owner. Uh huh. I'm going to play up the fact that I'm an owner. Oh, come on, Look, man. I help, I help build the new south end zone seats. Okay. <laughs> I get to go to a shareholders meeting once a year. And you I do? Yeah, I do. So what's that like? How many people are there? Is it at the stadium? Are it's, you all there? It's in the stadium. There were probably 10,000 people there <laughs> last time I went. Middle of July. People tailgate for it. Oh, man. And then, Speaks. <laughs> yes. After the, after the meeting. Yes, Winks. The pro shop, what they do at the Packers pro shop, is it's a special two hours where they bring out shareholder merchandise Brilliant. that can only be purchased yes. in those two hours. Got you. So I've got a Packers shareholder sure. shirt well, that you can only get but once a year. So that, one way to look at that is it's a phenomenal opportunity that the privilege of ownership provides for you. Yes, I bought a piece of paper that gives me the right to buy clothes. I was going to say, clothes. the other way to, to look at it <laughs> that's what I is do. that they have, do you have to buy tickets to the shareholders meeting? Those are free. Okay, that's good. But you have, but you have to pay for parking. You have, <laughs> you have purchased something that gives you the opportunity to pay for parking and go in and buy some more stuff. Yeah, and brag about that I am yeah. an owner. It's brilliant. I mean, that, That's a phenomenal scam. Outside of maybe... Jerry Jones, I'd say I'm the most accessible <laughs> NFL owner on the radio. And what's not to like about that? Oh, that is tremendous. That is tremendous. 670 the score is where you are. He's Bart Winkler. I'm Matt Spiegel. It is Brewers Cubs weekend. Um, before we talk about that, though, I mentioned we have an amazingly coincidental, very personal sports rivalry on this very day. My stepdaughter is a wonderful softball player at Lake Forest College. And Lake Forest College, right now today, is playing in the final of their regional in the Division III NCAA tournament against UW Lacrosse. And are you not a graduate of UW Lacrosse? I am. This is the first time hearing about that game. How dare you not follow <laughs> softball with a uh, with a with a, with a strong strong vengeance? It, it, I, I have fallen in love with college softball this year. Because my my girl is a third baseman and she's really good and it's she's a great redemption story because she was hurt for like three years oh. and the team is good they just won their conference tournament last year I've been in Pella Iowa the last two days watching the uh, the regional and if they win today if they beat your beloved UW Lacrosse alma mater they're Eagles in the, Eagles thank you I didn't know they're in the Sweet Sixteen of the Division Three softball tournament when if they does win this today happen? when when one o'clock what are you doing you and me we're hanging out watching the video stream. Right? Can we call the game? Can we do it? I mean, what's going on at the score at 1 o'clock? Herb, Herb don't need to come in. We'll, we'll broadcast this game at so 1 o'clock. Not a, not a big follower of Yama Mater's uh, softball team, are you? Well, I will be starting today. But I like what I like about softball is that yeah. it's, the girls are always, they always seem to be running. Like, a girl will get a walk, and then she'll just keep running. 
They yeah, always seem to be running. There is a thing. In fact, my 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 stepdaughter has stolen, I believe, nine bases on the year because she does that thing where, like, if if you didn't round the base, you yeah. still can technically just kind of keep going. It's and so gotta, weird. Yeah, and you just catch them off guard. It's a good game, though. I, I really yeah. have enjoyed getting to know the game and it, and and enjoying the nuances of how it's a little different than baseball, of course. But so many similarities in the way to think about it. But either way, we're we're rivals today. Okay, like well, Forrest may the best down. man win. Well, you have you know your life and blood in the game, and I have absolutely no stakes. <laughs> okay, <but> go Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 go Foresters. Today we are all Foresters. Um, all right, so let me let me let me ask you this: uh, Do you appreciate? Do you think your listeners appreciate how good Craig Council is at his job? Because I think he's really, really good at his job. Yeah, I think they do. I think that when he was hired, it was uh, sort of a surprise to some. He had not had any managerial experience, and he was a little bit out of the game. He was doing broadcasting stuff Mm -hmm. with the flagship at the time and you know, trying to maybe get into a, a front office role at that point. And then when he got hired, he took over a team that was very, very bad. Uh, the Brewers were very, very bad at that time. David Stearns came in as a GM. The owner said, we'll hire you, but you've got to keep Craig Council. And that's kind of been proven why that was the right decision over the last few years. Craig's a studier of the game. He's seen a lot. He's won a couple of World Series. You know, he's had a lot of time to think and process the game. The, the best conversations we have with him is, I think, when we talk about his days as a player. Because he was not a 162-game-a-year player all the time. So he would, he, as a bench guy, you watch a lot of baseball. That's how you learn. You watch a lot of baseball and he would pick the brains of his managers throughout the years. And I think that's, you know, they always say catchers end up being good managers because of how much they know about the game. But these utility guys, these guys that maybe come in, just start one, two games a week and come in off the bench the rest of the time, they are just watching and learning the game, and I think it's paid off. The pitching strategies over the last few years mm-hmm. have paid off, and he's always constantly watching. And, yeah, he is for sure appreciated. There's no doubt about that. All right, good. Yeah, you know, there's there's an ingenuity to the way that he manages the pitching staff and just a boldness that is hilarious. And I think that he and his club enjoy it. Like, they kind of get off on thinking that they're smarter than other people. I'm thinking about the smile that was on his face when he went out and got Wade Miley after one out last year in that Dodgers series. Remember, he starts Miley. The Dodgers put out a lineup there that's like heavily right-handed to deal with Miley, and he gets one out, and then he takes him out, and they're kind of giggling on the mound as he takes him out. That's really a strategy that could have been done at any time in the last 40 years. Absolutely. But nobody, either nobody thinks to do it or – they think to do it, and in baseball, there's all these you know unwritten rules. They think to do it, and they think, well, we can't, we can't actually do that. Why? If you're always looking for strategic advantage, absolutely. And even though Rob Manfred's trying to take a lot of that out of the game, you're always looking for strategic advantage, and that's part of the beauty of baseball. So yeah, there was that little smirk, and I lo- he I mean, just I did something that I'm sure others thought to do, and, and he did it, and it was successful. Yeah, no, I remember some of the conversations. You can't do that! Yeah, ban the Brewers from baseball. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you? Why can't we do that? Just because you didn't think of it first? Make pitchers face three guys in a row now, or whatever Manfred wants to do next year. Which, some of these rules. I, I like the strategy. The more you can add to it, the better. And that's that's not sustainable. You can't 
you can't be doing stuff like that as much in April, May, mm. but in September and the playoffs, when you have more days off and the rosters are a little bigger, especially in September, yeah, you can play around a little bit more. You know, I always want to push back on people who are don't like the three batter rule, and it's not about that rule in itself. I realize that gets triggered in me. It's about the fact that I believe, and I know a lot of smart people in the game who work in the game and run franchises in this game who believe that you got to do something to increase activity, that you have to increase late game offense and late game activity, that the balls in play are, it's at a historically low rate. The strikeout rate league wide is, is preposterously high and that it, it, it's, it's not an entertaining brand of baseball to a ton of people within the game. I don't like another thing to keep track of. So I want to be able to, keep track of the score and the hits and who's on first. I don't want to keep track of mound visits. I don't want to keep track of how many guys this guy's face. So they're little, you're, like the, you're imagining the little added batter tracker on the corner, on, I mean, on the, the, the bug in the corner. And I do think it takes away some of the, the strategy with baseball. And I get that, you know, these guys are throwing harder than ever at the end of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And that's going to have to be something that the hitters adjust to. I don't think that you bend the rules because – Guys are outperforming what the rules were. I think that you have to catch up in performance and not and not shift the rules. The problem is that the hitters are not motivated enough to actually counter it because they still get paid for hitting it over the shift, for just hitting home runs and striking sure. out 220 times. It's, it just kind of doesn't matter anymore. I'd like to think that that's going to even itself out, and maybe it will. You know, like every, for, the, for the Cubs, the whole thing this year going into the year was got to be better situational hitters, got to be more selfless, got to hit it away from the shift every once in a while, Th- those kind of things. And they're doing it just a little bit more, and it's mattering. It's, it's making a difference. So maybe just those incremental diff- changes will, 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 will eventually get us there. I'm also one of those guys that likes when baseball games go long. I know there's a movement to shorten the game, but – I like the 15-inning game yesterday. I wanted it to go 25. I like it. I, I want these games. I want a nine-inning baseball game to go four hours. I enjoy watching baseball. I enjoy the strategy. So these games that end in two hours, two and a half hours, all this time management stuff, pace of play, I don't, I don't, I'm not for any of it. 312-644-6767. Must have been rough to be at the ballpark when they stopped serving beer after the seventh and you got eight more eight more innings. Well, there. that is something that needs to change. Right? Yeah. Like there is there an inning, like if you reach the twelfth, they reopen the uh the, the beer concessions, something like that. Like like for one inning. We'll we'll reopen it for one inning. Twelfth inning get to, rally. Yeah, twelfth twelfth inning. So you get guys rooting to for to have the game go on to at least the twelfth once you get to the tenth. Do we even need to cut it off before the ninth inning? Is it that? Are that many people rushing to slam one more in the ninth? Uh, they are in the seventh. I mean, the seventh is, is when it is. Uh, I think it's the end of seventh, and I see man the mad dash for people like chasing down vendors. Yeah, you and go, stopping you go them get in the two aisle. of them anyway. I mean, that's another thing baseball should change: beer sales all the time. All right, that's Bart Winkler, and that's what he stands if for. If we accomplish anything today, co-host of Chuck and Winkler on 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee. You want to call up and talk Brewers, Cubs, or anything else with me and Bart? You can do it. He's a host, so we'll take your calls. We'll take your text. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the phone number. Six seventy eleven via text. You can tweet us. I'm at Matt Spiegel six seventy. He's at Winks Thinks, and it is six seventy. The score. It's hit and run. Hey guys, it's Bart Winkler getting ready for a. 
to fear the deer Friday tomorrow. It is a new era of Bucks basketball as they look to. Don't do it, don't do it. Uh, the Bucks are going to be looking for their first playoff series victory since 2000. You peaked already, Bart. You peaked. You peaked with your grandma. You can't do it again. You can't be a one trick pony. I'm going to need some context on that. My co-host today here on uh, Hit and Run is Bart Winkler, co-host of the Chuck and Winkler Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee. What's going on there? You're doing a, trying to do a promo for fearing the deer and the Milwaukee Bucks and some, yeah, you was, peaked with your grandma? I was standing in front of the Bradley Center or the remnants of it. And the Bradley Center, it's been real hard for us to say goodbye to the longtime home of the Milwaukee Bucks. So a couple of years ago, we find out we're getting a new arena. Uh-huh. Okay, when the news comes out, everybody does the same. What's your favorite memory of the Bradley Center yeah. topic? All right. And then it's the last game at the Bradley Center. So uh, we kind of do it one more time. And then the roof comes down. They, they bring it down. Yeah. And we're like, we're not touching it. Over at the uh, maybe the flagship in town. What's your favorite Bradley Center memory? They're re- you're redoing it again. Then a wall comes down. They do it again. What's your favorite Bradley Center memory? So I, you know... Just go around town now and ask people that as kind of a joke. And I was taking my grandma. I drove her from Arizona to Milwaukee recently. Okay. okay. She's a snowbird. All right. And was she was she in the car or was she like Aunt Edna in vacation? Was she strapped to the top? I, I let her in the car. Nice move. We went back. My grandpa had recently passed and they got, they got, uh, they had a anniversary at the Precious Moments Chapel in Branson, Missouri, or just outside there. Wow. And I did a little video with her. I said, Grandma, we're here. Uh, remembering grandpa if i could just ask you real quick <laughs> what's your favorite bradley center memory she played along thank god because that could have been a disaster but that that's what that's all about oh that's tremendous I'm glad she do you have along. one have you a been, favorite bradley center have memory? you been down there if you are up um, there gosh uh no no, I don't. I'm gonna have to go. That's with the no. correct answer, by the way. It was a dump. <laughs> I wish I'd seen. I wish I'd seen the Bucks back in the uh, in the Don Nelson days. I used to do a. I used to do a, a segment uh, back in my days hosting on Sporting News Radio called Teams I Loved, just like teams you fell in love with, and how deep can you go? This is before the internet was available, and you could just look up the entire roster. But like, yeah. And I used to like talk about those Don Nelson teams and just go as deep as I could. You know what else? What other one I do? Harvey's Wallbangers. Yeah, the, that that Brewers bunch, because I I loved that team, man. That's Ben Ogilvy and Cecil Cooper and Robin Yount and Rick Manning. And who else? Moose Haas, I think, was on that team. My team was the 92 Brewers. They won 92 games, I think, but they didn't. There was no wild card mm-hmm. and they lost out the pennant to the Blue Jays. And it was the year right before Molitor ended up going over to Toronto, which you know, really stung me as a young man. But that team with, with the Dan Plesaks and the Bill Wegmans and the Teddy Higueras. Ah, Teddy Higuera. I was a big card collector, so I would always... It was, for me as a kid, man, it was the Brewers and the Cubs. Different leagues. So I really did like the Cubs. Oh, that's then. interesting. Yeah, cause, so it was cleaner, of course. I'm sure this was true for millions of people in Milwaukee and Wisconsin that I have not discussed with. That you could like those two teams. You could like them both. You were encouraged to like them both. I mean, why not? Why not? You got to have two teams. Uh-huh. The Cubs were on TV every day in the summer. Right. Brewers, you know, if you couldn't go to the game at County Stadium, they were maybe on once a week. 
So I probably watched more Cubs baseball the formative years of my life than I did Milwaukee. Wait, so where were you? Where were you that you could only see the Brewers like once a week? Well, I grew up about an hour north of Milwaukee, and an hour north you couldn't see them. Well, they were only on TV once a week on the on one of the uh, local stations. They didn't have the deal like WGN did. They didn't have the. They weren't on every day. You know, it was the Cubs and the Braves. You could watch them every day. Right. You watch the Brewers maybe once a week. This was before the big regional sports boom. That's, I mean, it's a lot of the country that only had the Cubs and the Braves for a while there. And it's why those Dale Murphy Braves were called America's team for for a little while there. Yeah. But I didn't realize that even an hour north of Milwaukee, you were screwed for a good long while. I mean, even in Milwaukee, even if you lived in the city, you could only watch, it was only on one game a week. And you'd have to go then to the games. So I watched a lot more. Wait, wait, Cubs. in the city? I didn't realize. So in we the were city, not on, there was no there was no TV deal like what the Cubs had. This sounds like sounds like what the Blackhawks had, where the Blackhawks yeah. used to not have their home games on TV because they wanted people to come to the home games. Right. And the Blackhawks went further. They used to have a thing called the first period show radio, where they wouldn't play the first period of the home games on the radio oh, even because wow. they wanted you to come. So they would do a talk show. Um, during the first period, and then yeah. and then they would start giving you the actual game, figuring that by now you'd made your decision whether to go and spend your money or not. No, there are a lot. I mean, that's that's why when you see Miller Park North, I mean, it's not just all people driving up from Park Ridge to go up there. It's uh-huh. you've got people that grew up in Racine, Kenosha, you know, all over the state. So when the Brewers do this, oh, let's not sell tickets to people in Wisconsin giveaway. Don't work. Because you do still have so many Cubs fans in Wisconsin. See, there you go. That's that's interesting. So it's not just North Shore and other Chicago folks driving up to Milwaukee. It's a ton of Wisconsin people who grew up Cubs fans because the state is full of them. Right. And if their grandpa was a big Cub fan or their dad, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you kind of follow that path. So the Brewers might be a cute thing to go to during the week back in the, the 90s or whatever. But you still liked the Cubs. Texter says the Bulls won their 70th game at the Bradley Center. That should be uh, a Chicagoans' favorite Bradley Center memory. I was trying to think of one when I was in the building. But, yeah, that'll, that, that'll work right there. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a, there's p- probably a lot of opponent memories at the Bradley Center. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall. As the number 17 Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Before we do a couple hours of hardcore Division Three softball conversation, let's talk <laughs> to Michael in Rockford on the score. Michael, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Great show, guys. Thanks, buddy. Hey, uh, quick quick point. Back in 1951, I think it is, there was a Major League Baseball game played in 51 minutes. My question would be, how many of those minutes do you think were devoted to commercials? Yeah, not not very, very, very few, if any. And then number two, I was in Cleveland over the weekend, and um, after, I forget what inning it was. After the third out it was made, it was like at least 45 to a minute before the team even left the dugout to get back on the field. Yeah, all that all that stuff is is certainly a factor in in length of game and stuff like that, but it's not I'm not talking about length of game, pace of play and length of game are are very different items. And um, you know, it, if you want to talk about pace of play and whether whether that should matter or you know, it, it, and as I'm saying it, contact, activity, balls in play, movement, that's the stuff that uh, a lot of people uh, want more of in the game and not just uh, Jamokes. You know, a lot of very smart people want it, too. This is Brian in Racine, Wisconsin. Brian, talk to Bart Winkler. 
Hey, uh, how's it going, guys? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Just wanted to chime in on the uh, the possible rule change regarding the uh, three three pitcher minimum. Yeah. Um, or three batter minimum. I mean, um, it kind of unless I'm missing something, it kind of is a ridiculous proposal, being the fact that if you think about it, okay, it's Cubs Brewers. Joe Madden wants to bring in a lefty to face Yelich. So now he's he's got to face Yelich, and then he's got to face the next two batters. Council can bring in a right-hander for the next two batters to combat the fact that he has to have a lefty face three straight. So you're literally limiting that that manager whose team is on the field. It, it just doesn't make sense to me how, how they can handicap a manager like that, especially if it comes to postseason play. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely screwing with the strategy of the game in a major, major way. And you're going to have to either come up with another rule to combat that rule, like you're going to have to lock in the next three guys or announce the next three guys you're going to hit. Well, no, I, I think what it what it is is that if you get out of the inning, then yeah, it's three batters or, or the end a, of the inning or the end of the inning. Yeah. So, so your guy has to come in and get the out or get the two outs and, and be out of the inning, and then you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. If your guy does his job, then, then you're okay. In this age of analytics, I think there's a lot of people that say, I just want baseball to be how it was that I remember. And when you look at the scoreboard at Miller Park now, you don't see batting average, you see OPS, you see slugging, you see all this other stuff that maybe you have to think in your head for a minute to do, Yeah, which is still it still takes some getting used to. But with baseball, again, I don't want to see another thing to keep track of. It just it shouldn't be that difficult. And I think football's gone down that path where there's a rule on top of a rule, and then now there's another rule to combat that rule. Yeah. And now we're going to review pass interference, but what if it's this and this? And there's just too many rules. It's hard to explain. It was it used to be very easy to explain baseball. And I don't want it to be hard to explain baseball. Like when I try to explain football to someone who hasn't watched a lot of it, whether uh-huh. it's a kid or whoever, well, how come on the punt it's down? And how come on a kickoff they can pick it up? And there's a lot of that in football, and I don't want to see baseball go that route any further. I I, I understand. I think we should make sure that the games are, are legislated for your convenience in terms of explaining it, for your comfort level. Oh, just for me? For you. So you don't have to explain to kids. You don't have to teach the game in a complicated way. I, I think that's a, an excellent goal. Well, it just shouldn't it. be that hard to play a game. Yeah, no, I get you. You know, I, actually, every time I'm at the ballpark and I look up, I do the math. Like you're saying, I do the math for OPS. I do it every single time to the point where I'm like, can you just put OPS up there already? Like at Wrigley, they, they, just, they, they have on-base percentage and they have slugging, oh, okay. but they don't have OPS. And I'm doing it every single time. Yeah. I can't stop myself. No, like, I mean, so it's fine. Baseball's I'm, I'm getting good. I'm getting really good at it. It's way more analytical, but that, I think, is just like for fans to sort of figure out how good a player is. If you're going to start tinkering with what it takes to learn the game, and then there's another rule, and then there's all... It's, it's, I just, I don't... I don't want games to be more complicated than they have to be. Understood. Uh, people now get, bring in their Bradley Center memories to our text lines at 670 Every time I do it as a joke, people can't help <laughs> but chime in. It's, you, you end up actually That's doing the That's why the topic works so well. Oh, there you go. For those that do it. Uh, I wanna, I'm going to draft a brewer. I'm going to draft a brewer. I'm going to pick one of your brewers and put them on the Cubs. And you can have a Cub.
And and you can think of it in terms of fit or just how much fun it'd be to have a certain dude. You can do whatever you want. Okay. But uh, I, I I know I know who I want, and we'll talk about it next on six seventy. The score. It's hit and run with Matt Spiegel, and he's Bart Winkler as a guest host. Offensive foul on Sherman Douglas. Offensive foul. That could be the end of it, Tom. The nail right in the coffin. Eight point six seconds remain. The Bulls just want to make the clock run out now. They're going to walk away from here with 70 wins. Pippen holds the ball in the backcourt as it ticks down. They the Bulls, 70 wins. There it is. 70 has become a reality for the Chicago Bulls. 70 wins on the season for the Chicago Bulls. Nice pull, Eli Hershkovich, here on your final day at 670. The score, that's win number 70. From the sixth, uh, or no, from the fifth championship season for the Chicago Bulls, uh, when they created the, uh, the 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 barrier, the goal of seventy to keep themselves interested as they marched through the league. I remember watching that. I remember watching that live because as as you're playing it, and even just as we mentioned it last segment, Bart Winkler from uh, 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee. I remember Michael just nodding his head strongly and having. His arm around Rodman's neck. Just like, yup, uh-huh. We did that. We did that. I just that's a striking image for me for some reason, because like they were such weird teammates, you know, such yeah. very different human beings that found a way to work. And then right there, just the satisfaction. Yep, we got that done. Uh-huh. So that's yeah, that's all of our favorite Bradley Center memory. In no way does any Bucks memory come close to that at our own arena. I mean, Brandon Jennings scored 55 points in a November game once. <laughs> that was cool. You might have that, though. You might have that. What would get more reaction in Milwaukee, a Brewers World Series or a Bucks championship? I think it's still Brewers over the Bucks. Bucks might have a more, like a more passionate, loyal, intensified. The diehards are truly diehards with that team. Mm-hmm. But the Brewers, the Brewers are still more of a state team. The Bucks are. This is like the Bucks really first for a lot of people outside of the Milwaukee, Southeast Wisconsin. This is a lot of their first sort of interest in the Bucks because it's just it, they've never been good. Yeah. And what are you going to do if you're going to if you if you live in Eau Claire, Western Side, top of the state? Are you going to drive down to a Bucks game with, with a bad team in February? Are you going to drive down to Miller Park? And go to a couple games, tailgate, make a weekend out of it. Right. So the Bucks, this is a good way for the Bucks to start to get that state appeal that the other two teams have. Miller Park is awesome. I, it is. I, it is it, they did a tremendous job, and it's. Uh, I mean, the the food's great, and the, there's you know there's there's lots of choices in in that realm, but it's a it's just a good atmosphere. It feels good in there. You know, like the ambiance. Like the acoustics is what I'm looking for. It sounds good. Yeah. And you feel like you're really close to the game. There's a good ballpark has that thing where like there's a, there's a constant hum and a hubbub and yet you can still hear and feel everything that's happening on the field. You know what I mean? Right. Except on weekday games when it's all school kids and it's screaming every, those games are rough. But other than that, yes, it feels good to be at Miller Park. Why is it all school kids? Are they taking like field trips and stuff? Yeah, this last week there was a game that I think it was weather day, and so a bunch of kids come beforehand and watch these guys do experiments, and then they just sit up there and do the Fortnite dance and scream when they get on. You know, like the whole third level's empty, and 
the first level's decent and some of the corners are empty. It's a weekday day game in May. Uh-huh. And then there's two sections in the way top 400s. They're all wearing the same color shirt. <laughs> Just one audible scream for three hours. Why do you hate children? Um, Long, long, we don't have enough time. Long issue. I, I hated myself time, as a kid. I, I hated myself as a kid. So <laughs> e- Eli says we have plenty of time. Oh, we hate, don't, Eli. Suddenly, time. I have to go. <laughs> I'm this, I have to get back. I love it. He, you hated yourself as a kid. We just got, we just got deep. We no. got right to it. No, no, that's no. what I'm about, man. I no. want to know what your major dysfunction is and how you've channeled <laughs> it into your work. All comes back to his grandma. Yeah, no, my grandma was good to me, Eli. Don't bring her into this. <laughs> you monster. He is a monster. That's why he's leaving and we're thrilled about it. <laughs> he's going to radio.com, that fledgling enterprise to manage. What are you doing? You're managing sports content. You're sports gambling stuff. Oh, so I, I'm, I'm going to advise people not to bet a dollar on the Bucks to win the NBA title. Oh, boy. That's what I did. Just one dollar. So if I win, I win a hundred. I'm going to advise people, Eli, not to come on my show and take the Badgers to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament, which he did a month ago. But the picks went well. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I, I I don't hear about bad Eli picks. He's a legend in this town for taking Auburn and yeah, spouting well, spouting facts about yeah, Auburn to yeah. anybody who Chicago pointed a microphone needs to know in his direction. How high he was on the Badgers, <laughs> Eli. Hey, good luck though. <laughs> Love you're, me some Ethan Happ. Uh, <laughs> you're outing Eli here on the final day. That ain't right. All right, so if I told you you could have any player on the Cubs roster to put onto the Brewers, I know who you should pick. Oh, I, you do, huh? I, I do. I mean, in terms of strategy and team building. There's a lot of good choices. Yeah, I know, but I know who you should pick. It's, it's just a, a matter of team. Uh, it's a matter of whether you, you, you realize the value of a certain human or not. Right. I would take – I'm going to take a, an offensive player, actually – uh, it's going to be Addison Russell, and then I'm going to cut him, <laughs> which the Cubs should be doing. Just to, just to make a point. Um, so if it's not him, I would take I would take a guy that I wanted two years ago. I would take Jose Quintana. I'm going to take Jose Quintana. You take Jose Quintana? I am. Over John Lester? Uh, sure, give me Lester. But Quintana owns the Brewers. Or yes, he, has. he does. I know there was one start this year that just one, though. the Brewers got to him. And, and that was the start, by the way, that that – catapulted him uh, back to being, uh, in fact, actually catapulted him to being this best version of himself that we're seeing these days because he got his ass kicked by the Brewers. He's like, all right, I'm clearly doing something wrong. If I'm going to take a Cub to put on the Brewers, a lot of the offensive guys are attractive, obviously. Baez could be an upgrade over Arcia. But But you need an ace. I need an ace, and I need a lefty. Yeah, well, see, I, and this is why I think you need Lester, is because you you get your ace, and even though his stuff is diminished and he's old, he's still, he just knows what the hell he's doing. He's incredibly tough, and you need to learn how to win. That's the thing. You guys need to learn yeah. how to get over that hump, and that's what Lester, Lester is maybe the greatest free agent signing in the history of Chicago sports because of performance, but also because of what he represented and what he has enabled within that clubhouse and on that franchise. He's taught him how to win. I'll still stick with Quintana. I have been riding that train for two years uh, up in Milwaukee to bring in one of these guys. I've wanted an ace for so long. Yeah. The Brewers. Thought you were going to go for Arietta, and then you didn't. No. The Brewers keep trying to show, like, 
that they don't need an ace to win, but their pitching was a big problem. It's gotten better over the last two weeks, but that doesn't mean it's solved. I think a lot of Brewers fans, we look at the last two weeks and think, okay, it's solved. We're still a long way from being solved. It's in a good spot right now, but if any one of these guys kind of regress a little bit, yeah, uh, then you're right back to where you were a couple weeks ago. Well, so I, 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 I would still take Quintana. You still take Quintana, okay. and because of his success against Milwaukee too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I considered um, Josh Hader, but I don't want to have a locker room racism problem. So I'm gonna need to. Hey, to the team supported him. <laughs> the fans supported him. How'd that feel? We were proud of the booze for Addison Russell the other night. Proud of that. And he and he he knows that he deserves it. Even even though he said the wrong thing the next day yeah. to the Sun Times, he said the right thing the day after that, which is like, yeah, I understand their booze. It's a serious issue. Let's see if Addison now gets something to hit. Here comes the one-two on the way. Swing and a miss, strike three. Russell strikes out. The Cubs squander another great scoring chance. We go to the fourteenth inning. You're playing that. You you think those are those are boos for Addison? There's an extra extra pile on factor when he fails. Of the 2,000 fans that were still there. Oh boy, I don't need to relitigate the whole hater thing with you, but I I think I wouldn't call him a racist. Okay, yeah, no. I, it, but when he came out right after those tweets and the crowd stood up and cheered like they never cheered before. We agree with you. I, we agree I understand with you, that Josh. was a bad look. I understand that was a bad look. We stand by what you tweeted. I thought I came here to talk pace of play. We are Milwaukee. I came here to talk about the pitcher minimum, <laughs> not racism. No, the guy that I want is Lorenzo Kane. That's my dude. I mean, Yelich is is really really good. I'd like I'd like like him too. But Lorenzo Kane, talk about a winner, man. I mean, maybe Hater's a better fit because of the I'm sh- in fact I'm sure he is because the Cubs bullpen needs but give me Lorenzo Kane throw him in center field I wanted that guy 2 years ago I wanted him desperately no. Le- put put Low Kane in center with you you got to take either Hater or Yelich but I can stop but then I could stop trying to force feed Al- Albert Almora into a level of development that may never come I can put Hayward back and right and and Low Kane can be my leadoff guy and 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 my my outfield winner that's I, I just love Locaine. You think I should take Yelich? He's good. I, I mean, I think you would. He won the MVP. Yeah, last year. I think that. I but saw, if you want to get a few more minutes out of this conversation, <laughs> then you can take Kane. Um, uh, Ninety seconds. We need um, Jason Stark. <laughs> Jason Stark wrote an entire column just on amazing facts about Christian Yelich. Yeah, I saw that. He's better than Bonds in this category. Yeah. He's better than Ted Williams. In this category, yeah, he's measuring him since uh, last year's All Star break to now. It's like he's. This is why Yelich is is Babe Ruth. This is why Yelich is is DiMaggio. Just don't look at the home road splits. Yeah, what is that about? Miller Park is a bandbox. Yeah, I know, but 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 he he must be doing something different. He must be thinking launch when he's there. I was reading before I came in here today about a conspiracy about the way the lights are. Shining at Miller Park when Yelich is at bat. I mean, are we that? We're going that deep? Yeah, baseball's a long season. Man. That's true. You got you got to find conspiracy theories. What do you mean? The, the lights are pointed at who? At the pitchers? The lights are dimmed a different way when Yelich is up. This is a, look. I'm not giving too much credence to this conspiracy, but I'm just telling you what I was reading. I understand. earlier today. I'm not the foremost expert on the light gate controversy at Miller Park. That's crazy.
I, 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 I love that. It is 670 The Score. It is uh, Matt Spiegel here hosting Hit and Run along with Bart Winkler. We've got phone lines open if you want to call up and ask uh, Bart why Milwaukee loves racism or you want to <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk Again, anything I got to go. I'm out. <laughs> or if you want to talk pace and play with him, you can do that said. too. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. 6711 is how you text us. Uh, we'll talk a lot about Ryan Braun and his personality. Oh, great. Come back on 670 The Score.